The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Sponsored by Baker Hughes, a GE company inventing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Permian Perspective. I'm so happy to be sharing this time with all of you. I am sitting here in Midland, Texas this afternoon with Josh Price, the area manager for Neighbors Drilling. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Josh. Thank you for having me. I look forward to hearing your story and we'll talk in just a minute. But first, I wanted to thank everyone for leaving those five-star reviews in iTunes. We so appreciate the reviews that we've received so far. And for Apple, choosing Permian Perspective to be on their new and noteworthy list. Thank you so much. Also, a special thanks to Christina Lee Wiggins for this five-star review. She said, the best in the basin. Such an informative and entertaining podcast for anyone living in the oil patch and out of the oil patch to listen to. Thank you so much, Christina. We appreciate Appreciate those kind words. All right, Josh, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Uh, first of all, tell us, how did you get started in the oil and gas industry? I got started 13 years ago. I've been with neighbors my whole career. I came out of University of Houston with a political science degree and wondered, what am I going to do with a political science degree? So my father had been in the oil business for you know over 30 years and he said, well, why don't you, you know, why don't you go try to get with a drilling contractor? It's a good opportunity. So got with neighbors and it went well from there. So I've been with them ever since. Fantastic. And yeah. when you were getting this degree in political science, what were you thinking at the time? Like where, where was the direction you were going? I was always interested in politics. And I actually, in my senior year, I interned for a political campaign and that's when I knew that that's not what I wanted to do. So it, it changed from there. <laughs> and that's great advice. I always tell anyone, yeah. you need to intern somewhere, see if you even like it. <laughs> yeah, it was, I loved politics, but that that's when it changed for me. Well, good for you. Dad gave some great advice and yeah. you then went to this company. Tell us a little bit about what the next step was. So I started with Neighbors. I went into their management training program. And the first thing they told me to do was go to the North Slope in Alaska and work on the rigs for a little while. So I went to the North Slope in Alaska for about a year, and I rotated every two weeks on and off. My two weeks off in Houston, I, I wasn't at home. I was in the office and, and doing different work in the office. Then I'd, two weeks later, I'd go back to the North Slope. So got me a good ground-up view of the, of the business, and mm -hmm. uh, it was the best experience I've had. I, I, I truly recommend anybody who's going to start in this business to really get a ground-up view and see what the, what the men and women on, in the field do every day because they're the ones that make things happen. Absolutely. And then you were hooked after that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Tell us how you got here to the Permian Basin. It was a roundabout way. So after I did my stint in Alaska, they asked me to go to the international division. So I went over to the international division. My first overseas assignment was in Bolivia. I spent about six months down there winding that operation down. And then after that, I got moved to Brunei in Southeast Asia. My wife and I lived there for about two years. We had a contract there with, uh, with Shell. Got to travel all over Southeast Asia. And then after that, when that finished, went to Romania for a little bit, did a little bit of work in Romania. And then I moved to Kazakhstan. I wow. was the area manager in Kazakhstan for about three and a half years. So I lived in 
Almaty, Aktau, and Atarau, and those are the three main cities in Kazakhstan where the oil business is there. Did three and a half years there. After that, went to Colombia. I was a project manager in Colombia when we took eight rigs in, four new rigs and uh, four refurbished rigs. Took those in there for uh, Echo Patrol. After that, I moved to uh, Dubai. And by this time, we had two kids. So the kids grew up in Dubai. We were there for about four years. And at the time when I went to Dubai, I was looking after our operations in Kuwait, Qatar, the the former Soviet Union, so Russia and Kazakhstan, as well as Romania and West Africa. Wow. You are really world traveler. <laughs> yeah, we, we spent eleven years overseas. You know, that's why I love this so much. I got to I got to travel to, you know, over thirty different countries as as part of that and used up my passport quite a bit. And, and it's been it's just been great. I, I've loved it. And uh, after Dubai, I went to Houston. I was I managed our projects, our global projects for for a while, partly out of Dubai and then and then into Houston. And we were in Houston from June of 2014. And then uh, just a little over a year ago, they asked me to come out to the permit and, and manage our business here. And I thought it was a great idea. So we came out. We've always been willing to go wherever. Uh, it sounds so, like it. And yeah. you're really bringing that experience from all over. Tell me, what are some of the similarities and differences you see from you know all of your travels across the world to here in the basin? So it's a good question. And because there's a lot of similarities. I mean, a rig is a rig, whether you're in Saudi Arabia or the Congo or the Permian, a rig is a rig. So really, and you're drilling, you're drilling wells. And while each well is, is unique and different, the fundamentals are still the same. The differences are in, in international, it's, I don't want to say it's more challenging, but there's, it's more unique, I think, in the, in the case that each country you work in has its different challenges from government regulations to local content requirements to supply chain trying to get parts in and out where here you know it's it's quite easy to get parts mm -hmm. even though you know in the permian right now there can be bottlenecks but it's you're not waiting weeks to get it right so you now are here in the permian bringing that wealth of knowledge what is your plan for the next 12 months for neighbors and first of all tell everyone what neighbors does so neighbors, we have, we're a drilling contractor. We're the, I think the best in class drilling contractor out here. We operate 40 rigs right now in the Permian. And we also offer a, a suite of other services uh, besides drilling. We have uh, directional tools. We have uh, software packages for the rigs, casing running services. So neighbors has been out in the Permian for a long time. This is uh, a great business for us out here. And we're excited to be here for the long term. Fantastic. Activity, the next 12 months, where do you see it going and where do you see neighbors playing a role in it? You know, I, I wish I had a crystal ball to say <laughs> where I thought it would go. But I, I mean, from my perspective, my personal perspective is in, in talking to most of our customers out here, I feel like the next 12 months will be good. There is a, a dip right now and, and we're all kind of living through that and managing that. But from the customers we have that we've talked to that, that they don't, they don't seem like they're going to be slowing down too much. So I, I see the next 12 months as positive and uh, we're looking forward to it. Over the years, you've seen the ups and downs of the oil and gas business. How have you managed that with your team? It's been tough. You know, when I first got to Kazakhstan, I got to Kazakhstan in, in August of 2008 and we had, what well, we have six rigs running at the time. And if you remember in October of 2008 is kind of when the market fell mm -hmm. and we went down to, by the end of the year, we were at two rigs. So it was, it was very tough. We lost a lot of good people, but the market came back eventually. And then, you know, just in, in 2014 also, we went through that again. And it's, it's always hard to make those tough decisions, but 
we get through it and we, we, we keep going. Of course. Then you went through the growth of 2012. Yes. What yeah. do you think is the biggest challenge or is the biggest challenge when you are in a growth pattern? For us, I have to say people just restaffing and, and cause a lot of times, anytime you go through a downturn and you come back up, there's, there's a lot of experience that you lose that aren't coming back into the industry. And, and so it's, it's finding the, the new, the new hires and, and training them the right way. In my experience, that's always been the most difficult thing to do. What do you like best so far about the Permian Basin? The work is great. The people are, are, are great. I, I love the people out here. I grew up in, in a Edmond, Oklahoma, which is a similar sized town and, and uh, reminds me a lot of that. So Edmond was kind of a, an, an oil and gas town as well. And it reminds me of the people there. So the, the people here are great. And the dust storms and the tornadoes yeah, coming course. through. And yeah, <laughs> it feels like home, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what have you learned the most through the years that you will be applying here in the Permian Basin? Really, and it, to me, it goes back to people because everything we do is, is, is people-based. I think Neighbors has the best rigs out there, but we got to have the right people. So it's really taken the experience we've got to develop our people and, and, and train our people the right way to deliver our, our service to our customers the right way and the way we want to do it. So it's, it's really about training and development and bringing the new people in and, and, and doing it the right way. Do you have a business tool that has helped you the most or that you utilize with your team members? Not necessarily a business tool, but I, I come from a project management background. So, so I, I look at a lot of things from a project management perspective. So very organized, very, you know, you get a plan, uh, you execute that plan, you monitor it, and then you, you close it out and, and you get lessons learned. And it's a, a continuous improvement cycle. But the way I've always looked at it is is from a kind of a project management perspective. Any, it doesn't have to be a massive capital project. It can just be an initiative or something that you you really look at through the project lens. Tell me, social media has really grown, and we all have to use it day in day out. How do you you utilize the social media to your advantage? How do you you know how does that help you with neighbors? We here, at least in, in our operation out here, we have, uh, you know, superintendents, we have operations managers and we have our rig managers at the rigs and each group will, will have one big like WhatsApp account that will all kind of communicate with each other and then each separate group. So each superintendent will have his rigs. They'll have their own text account or text string that they'll all communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. And it didn't used to be like that. It used to be yeah. where you had to just do email or each rig is calling each other or they're each rig is an island and they're not communicating, but communicating on these, you know, like a WhatsApp or, uh, or something like that has really helped us because it helps us share uh, learnings and, and, and share experiences. That's great. I've heard really good things about WhatsApp mm -hmm. and I think it's a fantastic way to connect everyone. Now on the other spectrum, how do you keep your team members off of maybe social <laughs> media and Facebook when they should be working? Well, on the rigs, we don't allow phones. So when they go on tower, they got to keep their phone in the, in the trailer. So they shouldn't have phones out there. And, and the rig managers, they've, they've got so much going on every day. I don't think they get a chance to even look at their phone usually. 
So we, we haven't had that much problem with, with people overusing social media. I, I haven't seen that in my experience. That's good. That, yeah. I mean, that really is. And, and I, I'm asking from a business standpoint and from a parent standpoint, yeah. <laughs> like, how do we manage this, this phone? Yeah, uh, we, we still have some people that, that wouldn't even know what WhatsApp is. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but no, we haven't seen much issue with it. That's great. It's, it's actually been a good tool for us uh, rather than a, a, a hindrance. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about motivation. I think motivating your team members and employees, it's different for everyone. How do you motivate yours? I let them do their job. I try not to, I, I try not to micromanage them. I try to let them manage their teams and do their work and make mistakes and, and coach them when they make the mistakes. But I think it's, it's important for people to make mistakes and, and fail sometimes because and, and, that's how you learn. So what I try to do is I, I'm, I try to let them do their job and watch them, but, but I definitely don't uh, try to micromanage them. I think that's, a, that's a, a very demotivating thing to have somebody looking over your shoulder all the time. Absolutely. How about books or podcasts? Do you have any that you listen to all the time? Sorry to say I don't listen to podcasts, but I'll start. <laughs> I, I will certainly start. I love to read and I was a, my, my major was a political science. I, I minored in history and I love history. I, I read history all the time. As a matter of fact, I am reading a, I'm reading an autobiography, not an autobiography, a historical biography of every U S president right now. Oh wow! And I'm on, I'm on Ulysses S grant, which if I'm not mistaken was number seven, no, 18 was the 18th U S president. So I've got quite a few to go. And this is a, it'll probably take me about five years to get it done, but I'm, I'm going to move through it. But I love that. I love that. It's uh, that's that's what I like to do. You're a lot farther than I am, so yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. And what is it that you love about reading history books? What is it that just keeps you coming back? You know, and because most of the history books I read, I mean, it's, it's from past history. When I say past history, a couple, you know, hundreds of years ago, and and in a lot of respects, they they dealt with the same issues we dealt with. You know, like for example, we're reading. I'm reading about Ulysses S. Grant right now. So he was during the the Civil War era, the the antebellum and the and the post Civil War era. And at that time, they were just starting uh, telegraphs. So I mean, it's not too dissimilar to what we do now with uh, internet and, and social media. This was telegraphs were so new to them. It used to be you'd write a letter and send it, and somebody got it in maybe a month or two. And and then telegraphs was the first time there was almost instant communication. So. There's there's a lot of parallels between then and now, and and if you if you read about it, you can really see what how they dealt with it, and and see if that's applicable today. I love that the Telegraph was like WhatsApp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how about quotes? Do you have a favorite quote that you live by? I do have a favorite quote. It's when you get to the end of the rope, tie a knot and hang on, and that Very was uh, that was FDR in World War II. I love that. Yeah, you can tell you're a history buff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Let's talk about what you look for in hiring employees because I think a lot of people are moving here to the basin looking for the opportunity. What is it you're looking for? Attitude. I think attitude is you, you can again. I, I said before we we want to train and develop our people, and we can we can train, we can develop, and we can we can give the expectation and the standard, but you have to have the right attitude and that's a personal decision is, mm -hmm. is having the right attitude. So I look for attitude. Do they want to do, do they, do they want to be part of a team? Do they want to be part of an organization that that's going to develop them? And, and if they have that right attitude, then, then you can, uh, you can, you can make a hand out of them. I know you said you've been with neighbors since the beginning. Mm -hmm. 
What advice would you give to someone that maybe is thinking of starting an oil and gas business or just getting their foot in the door right now because of all the opportunities? Again, what I would say is don't try to just get in the office right away. I would say get out in the field, really get a, a good sense of the business from the ground up. And, and again, because the, the, the guys, the men and women who do the work out in the field, they're the ones that truly bring in the value. And, and you, have to, you have to put yourself in their shoes for a little while. Get out and work and have a positive attitude and you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love it's it. It's a great industry to be in. I mean, there's so much opportunity in this industry and uh, I, I think it's a great industry. And I'm, I'm glad I'm part of it. What do you want your legacy to be in this industry? Oh, I don't know. I've never thought about that. I've, I've still got a ways to go. Yeah, you're young. So. <laughs> you're young. And <laughs> but I can say what I would like to, if I eventually leave the Permian and, and, and move on somewhere else, what, I, what I've always wanted to do is I, I want to make, for neighbors in particular, I want to make the Permian the place where people want to come work. I want them to say, you know what, I want to go and be part of that. So that's, that's something we're trying to build out here. Okay. So if you're pitching to someone across the world right now, what would you say to them? Why would you tell them that they need to come work here? This is the place to be. There's no other area. There's no other, you know, region in the world in the oil and gas business that, that, that is uh, so booming right now. I mean, this, this is the place to be. I am. It's uh, international. There's, there's pockets of, of a lot of activity, but, but uh, as far as activity, this, this is where it's at. And, and there's a lot of good people out here and a lot of opportunity. Let's talk about your journey. I know you've had a, a really, how do I explain this? I mean, just your experience, just your worldly experience, really, and your journey has taken you all over the world. What would you say to someone on a similar journey that could maybe just give them a little bit of hope because they're thinking, oh, I'm frustrated. I'm you know, maybe not where I want to be right now. Yeah, I would say, and, and I said it before, is I've always been willing to go wherever. And don't just because maybe they ask you to go somewhere that you might not want to go, don't pass up the opportunity because there's always opportunity in any, any new job. So I would say be open and, and really think about it before you say no, just, you know, it's, it's always a new experience and new experiences are always fun. So take, take the experience. And the Permian Basin is a great place to be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about it so far from a non-work standpoint? The people are great. I mean, we, we've uh, gotten to a great neighborhood. We got some really good neighbors, kids, got a lot of friends, and uh, it's just a friendly place to be. I can't say I'm, 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 I'm from Houston and I, 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 you know, the traffic there is horrible, but the traffic here is pretty bad too. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing like Houston though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's getting there though. <laughs> the only, the only thing I would ask here is more fishing spots, but I don't think uh, anybody can do anything for that for me. Yeah, I've been, I've been looking for water for a while here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need more water. Is there anything that you, when you knew that you were going to be interviewed and sit down with me during this podcast that you really wanted to get out that maybe we haven't touched on yet? No, I don't think so. You know, just the, the, the Permian is, uh, it's a great place to be. I know a lot of people are hesitant when they hear West Texas, but uh, there really are great people. There's a lot of things to do out here. And again, there's a lot of opportunity. So I, I uh, urge people to, you know, recommend people to come out here. Well, thank you. We appreciate you sharing about your experience, your journey, and a little bit more about neighbors. And uh, we wish you much success. You're already doing great. So I know that it's just going to keep on going for you. So thank you so much for sharing. How can people find you on social media? I don't have social media. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We were just talking about this. You're like, I don't do Facebook. I said, yeah. you're smart. You're uh, smart. How would they find neighbors? <laughs> uh, neighbors, they can find uh, neighbors on social media on LinkedIn and Facebook. 
Uh, good for you, staying yeah. off there. No, that's that, right, yeah. And that's why you read so many books. <laughs> that's right. That's... Well, thank you so much, Josh. We appreciate you spending this time with us today. And it's been fun thank getting you. to know you better and knowing your journey. So yeah, thank you thank, so much. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. It's time now for today's community MVP. And today's community MVP is a no-brainer, and it's easy. It's Sheriff Gary Painter. Longtime Midland County Sheriff Painter passed away at his home. Painter enlisted in the United States Marine Corps in 1966 and served two tours of duty in Vietnam. He was a true legend and served our community for over 33 years. It was a pleasure to have known him as he had a love for his family, community, and country. Sheriff Painter's end of watch, May 26, 2019. We thank you for your service, Sheriff Painter. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Baker Hughes, a GE company, inventing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. And of course, our guest today with Neighbors Drilling. We appreciate you, Josh, for spending this time with us. And all of you listeners, thank you so much for being here. That concludes this episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. Just remember, dream big and believe in yourself. You make it a great day. Hey, it's Julie here, and I have a few OGGN announcements before heading into the events on deck. Street team, we are still taking volunteers for our street team. We're only asking for an hour of your time per week in exchange for perks such as free entry to our happy hours, shirts, networking with other young professionals in our group. The group is within Facebook, but you do not have to have a Facebook to join. Just send me an email. The link will be in the show notes, and I can get you started. Our happy hours. We are actually moving to quarterly happy hours rather than monthly. So our next Houston happy hour, as well as Midland, will be in August or September. Be on the lookout for that date. You'll get an invite if you're on the list. If not, you can sign up on the list below. And then we are launching another happy hour in Denver in August. So if you're interested in that one, the link is in the show notes as well to be notified. We don't have a date or details for that yet, but they're coming up. Okay, now on to the events on deck. We have Golf for Good on June 11th, 2019 in Houston, Texas. All proceeds go to help Redeemed Ministries with our long-term recovery program and safe house to help victims of human trafficking become survivors. So mark your calendars and be ready to golf for good with Redeemed and our organizers, Global SEM Energy and Red M. For more information on how to sponsor or register, just click the link in the show notes. Data-Driven Drilling and Production Conference is June 11th through 12th in Houston, Texas. This is where Silicon Valley meets oil and gas. Register at the link in our show notes below. The Energy and Data Conference is June 17th through 19th in Austin, Texas. This forward-looking conference will include the latest in digital transformation trends as they relate to the energy sectors with topics such as machine learning and data management storage, oil and gas development and drilling production, and more. Link down below. Energy Exposition is June 26th through 27th in Gillette, Wyoming. The Energy Exposition is for those who would like to know more about procedures, technology, safety, environmental practices, and equipment used in the oil and gas industry. And again, the link is in our show notes. Argentina Oil and Gas and Energy Summit 2019 is on July 10th and 11th in Buenos Aires. This summit's actually the first and 
only official event for the Argentinian oil and gas and energy industries. It will present a unique platform for networking that will bring together existing and future operators in the oil and gas industry in Argentina and Latin America. Next up is the 2019 IPANM annual meeting that Mark, Jake, and Paige will actually be speaking at. This will be July 24th through 26th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this year's theme is Addressing Operator Needs in 2019. And next up is Desk and Derek Fort Worth second annual shoot for the future clay shoot. This clay shoot will be on July 26th in Decatur, Texas. And then last but not least, Summer Nape. This is going to be August 21st and 22nd to where the deals happen. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.